Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of rip-offs, people are ripping themselves off in a strategy that they're using to invest. And today's Clark Rage, I got to make sure you know what not to do that could really hurt you. Clark.com is our main website. Clark.com slash ask is where you go to post a question for me. In most states in the United States, if you have health insurance and with it you have any kind of prescription plan, you are repeatedly being ripped off by paying more for your prescription drugs than you have to And in most states, it is not allowed for the pharmacy tech, the pharmacy assistant, or the pharmacist to tell you, hey, you can buy this med cheaper. They're what are known as gag clauses, and only a handful of states have banned insurance companies from cheating their customers or pharmacy benefits managers, which are those mail-ordery kind of things that are typically mail-order or at a pharmacy. Only a handful of states have banned these gag clauses that the pharmacy benefits managers or insurance companies that are supposedly there to serve you but are stabbing you in the back. And this needs to be all 50 states. There's no excuse for a company that you're getting your health insurance from or a pharmacy benefits manager that provides your prescription plan to think it's okay to cheat you by making the pharmacist lie to you. So I'm going to tell you what in most states the pharmacist, pharmacy tech, or pharmacy assistant is not allowed to tell you. Over and over and over again, you might fill a prescription that is more expensive using your insurance or pharmacy benefit than just paying the price as if you didn't have insurance or a pharmacy benefit plan. Because what the insurers do is there are a lot of medicines that cost less than your copay, but They don't want you to know that, and the insurer or pharmacy benefits manager pockets that difference and cheats you. Lies to you, cheats you, steals from you, period. So when you go to the pharmacy and you're getting a prescription, or if you use one of those apps that compare prices, or you go to the mobile site goodrx.com, you're the one who asked the question and then the gag order is lifted so the pharmacist can say i'm glad you asked that question you have to pay 40 dollars under your prescription plan but this prescription is only 14 dollars if you just pay private pay or whatever it is because there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prescriptions that are available at a much lower cost private pay, just cash 
And cash doesn't mean cash, it can mean a credit card. Than it is using the pharmacy benefit or your insurance. Now, it is absolutely the height of dishonesty and crooked, dishonest business. Or you said dishonesty once. I guess this bothers me. For an insurance company that supposedly is there to serve you, or a PBM that supposedly is there to serve you, that instead they cheat you? Inexcusable, unacceptable. Ask the question. Ed's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ed. Hey, Clark. How are you doing today? Great, thank you. Ed, you have somebody who says they're going to give you money. Yeah, actually, I actually Googled the, uh, the company, and they are a legitimate uh, company uh, based on um, uh, what I was able to come up with. But I was actually contacted through them by a Facebook messenger from a friend of mine, an ex-co-worker who's retired. And uh, that's what they were offering is free money, basically. Okay, people aren't giving away free money. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. They call it a grant. And why are they giving you a grant? Well, that's what I couldn't figure out, you know, because in my opinion, the only way you get a grant is you have to do something in return for that grant. Exactly. And some sort of research or something. And obviously, I'm not doing that as I'm retired myself, so. Yeah, and, you know, Facebook has a problem like everybody else is on the web. There's no way to police every sleazoid out there that might promise something that they're just going to end up setting you up to steal from you. Correct, yeah. Yeah, we were kind of caught this midstream. It's, um, you know, I got one of these all of a sudden pop-up Facebook messenger uh, from this friend of mine, and he, he said, you know, it just started off with a simple deal of how you doing, you know, everything going okay with you and so forth. And, of course, I answered back, yeah, I'm doing fine. And he says, uh, did you get your money? And I said, I put, of course, laugh out loud. And I said, I didn't win any, <laughs> you know. And then he says, well, I, you know, and then he proceeds to tell me about this agency giving away this money and that he got his in cash and, and here's the contact name. So, which you also contact. And you sure it's actually your friend and your friend's Facebook account didn't just get kidnapped? Well, that's what we, here's what the deal was. I went ahead and made the contact of the name that that he supposedly sent to me. And then when I heard, when they're offering me $300,000 in a grant, I said, okay, this is smelling real fishy. So I went back to my friend's messenger uh, uh, conversation and I, I asked him, I said, get, send me your phone number. Let me give you a call. And then all of a sudden, I get the message back from him. Like, well, here's my number. And I looked at that, and knowing from where, what part of the world he lives in here in the United States, I said, that doesn't look like the right exchange area code. So I, I Googled the area code real quick, and, of course, it wasn't from where he lives. And so I, I was going back and forth between him and the site that was offering me the money. And they came back, and then what they're asking for is your name, address, and a credit report um, rate. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I said, there was the indicator, the second indicator. The first was the grant. The second was they're asking for my credit re- You know, Yeah, you they're know, trying you know. to steal your identity, it sounds like. So thank you for the warning for others. You found as you ran the trail ad, there was nobody actually trying to give you money at all. They were just running a con. Brandon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Brandon. 
Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. Great. I, I had a question. I recently heard you mention not to invest with someone you're banking with, but it, that's something I'm currently doing right now with a bank that you talk about often. Would you have any advice for me? Well, gosh, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I, in this case, I'm going to have to potentially break a normal rule of the show. I need to know what bank it is we're talking about. It's uh, U- USAA. Ah, all right, so USAA is kind of in a category all to itself, and that USAA is not a normal bank, USAA is not a normal insurance company, and they're not a normal investment house, because it is a, it's like a co-op, well, it is a co-op, owned by USAA's membership. Okay. So there's no stockholders being paid or anything like that. Everything mm-hmm. about the organization is to provide benefits to its members. Okay. USAA has investing offices around the country that are just for its members. And it would be an acceptable choice to do investing with USAA. Okay. So added added to the exception list. Yeah, they are and they are like a banks. They may be the only exception in the country to okay. my rule about you don't invest at a bank. Okay. Because they are such a unique group. Okay. And I, I, in that same conversation, you mentioned uh, direct investments towards a, um, uh, a low-fee uh, or organization or investment firm. And um, I, I currently work with one of those with my employer-sponsored plan. And so I didn't know if I should, you know, there's a little bit in both worlds, a little in USA and a little with the other. So if I should just stick with that or... Um, I don't so... Know. so- what you're saying is where you work, the 401k is with one of the really low-cost companies? Correct. And so are you contributing the max you can to that 401k? I Am I contributing the max to that 401k? I am. You are? I, I, yeah, I am. Percentage, 18%. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, you have nothing but good choices in front of you because you are such a great saver so you save 18 percent of your pay at your employer you take additional money and invest it with usaa now are you investing in a roth ira or in an investment account through usaa hey uh, a roth ira fantastic yeah. so you're building money up that grows tax-free that you can ultimately spend tax-free that's correct and I, I failed to thank you for your service to our country. Oh, you're which, so welcome. Which branch were you in? The U- U.S. Army. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, and continued success to you, because with the way you're saving money, you're creating great opportunities for your future. Well, thanks, Clark. Appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Certainly. Sue is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sue. Hi, Clark. How are you? Okay. How are you doing? Good. Sue... I see you're dealing with a really tough time in your life. Yes. I am 63 years old, been married for 45 years, and my husband passed away in January. I am so very sorry. Thank you. Um, when I wow, t- you got married at 18? Yes, I did. <laughs> wow. And stayed with him the whole time. How about you? That I mean, on so many levels... That's got to really ache that this was your life partner yes. when you were a teenager. Yes. 
and then you've got all the financial stuff you have to deal with too yes wow how can i be of service well i hope you can when i attempted to use my credit card that we had all had for a number of years i found that it had been closed out due to the fact that he had passed and he was the principal card holder and i was secondary so you were you were only an authorized user on the account correct all right and are you working sue yes do you have any credit in your own name I think I'm the primary on the house. And do you own the house free and clear, or is there a mortgage you're paying? There's still a a small amount of mortgage on it. All right, and you're the one named on that? We both are, but I think my name comes first on it. Okay, that's good. Have you checked to see what your credit score is yet? I have. I just checked yesterday. And what number are you at? 828. 828? Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Have you considered applying for your own card now? Yes. Have you done that yet? No. Okay, are no. you a member of a credit union? Yes. I want you to go to that credit union, tell them the story, share with them what your credit score is, although they'll verify that on their own, and get a credit card in your own name. Yes. With a score like that, the fact that you're on a mortgage, you should be able to get a credit card i don't want you applying with one of the big national credit card companies i want you to go to a credit union where you're talking with a loan officer face to face okay i know you highly recommend credit unions anyway they're not they're not a huge player in credit cards but in your circumstance and situation you need to be with a loan officer face to face talking through it Uh uh-huh so would that be like a a MasterCard or? Yeah, MasterCard or Visa. Visa. Either one. It doesn't matter. Both of them will help you establish uh, credit in your own name well. Okay. And once you've had your new card for half a year, I'd like you to apply for one more card. Because I want you to have two in your own name. Okay. I would like for you, when the time is appropriate, to sit down with what's known as a fee-only financial planner. Yes. And have you heard me talk about that before on the air? I have. Mm -hmm. And this might be a good time for you to talk with somebody with Garrett Planning Network. Garrett? Garrett Planning Network. If you go to Clark.com and look at my information on fee-only planners, you'll see why in your situation I might want you to sit down with a Garrett person. And I want to wish you the best. And I'd like you to do this, Sue, as the time progresses, when there are other issues that come up, please call back and let me talk those through with you as well. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about you and I ripping ourselves off. What are we thinking? What are we doing? Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. New report out from the uh, investment community that Americans are borrowing an absolute record amount of money against their stocks that they have. Now, a lot of people say, I wish I had stocks to borrow against. Well, it'd be great if you had the stocks, but it's not a great idea to borrow against them. It's known as margin. And every time people go crazy borrowing against stocks, it ends badly the reason is is that when you 
borrow against stocks to buy more or to go buy a car or whatever you're doing. The problem is, is that when the stock market, and when, because it happens, goes through a decline, within minutes you can get hit with what's known as a margin call. You have to come up with real money instantly or under that loan agreement you did with the stockbroker, they sell out your positions into the loss. You can be wiped out on a really down day in the market. Money you've put aside for years and years gets destroyed potentially in just minutes. I hate margin. Never, ever, not ever borrow money against your stocks unless you want to have a really bad day. So glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website and you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. So in a completely unexpected thing, a report came out recently saying that Uber and Lyft had become so popular in mid-sized and large American cities that they're now increasing traffic congestion instead of decreasing it. That a lot of times where people may have walked 10 minutes to where they were going, people are now saying, why would I do that and just hop in an Uber or Lyft? And so it's becoming something that's increasing congestion in the biggest of cities where people may have taken public transit prior that they're now saying, ah, nah, I'll just take Uber or Lyft. Again, putting more vehicles on the road, not less. But Uber and Lyft are suffering from that as well because of the increased congestion. And both of them are rolling out services where you get a cheaper price if you're willing to walk a little bit at your origin or your destination that allows a driver to stay more on a efficient route than to come deep into a neighborhood to pick you up. I'm all over this. Uber calls it express pool where you share rides with others and you add into it that you do a little bit of walking to get to where you're going. And they're doing it in a lot of their largest markets and they're going to steadily add the markets. And you'll see it when you go to the app that you'll have the choice of Uber Express Pool. And Lyft, I've not seen it as an option on Lyft, but apparently it's going on with Lyft in some communities now as well where you do a little bit of walking they offer you that choice and you get the cheaper deal so that way you get a little bit of exercise and you save money at the same time my wife thinks i'm crazy when i you know i travel almost every week mostly for the show and when i'm somewhere in the country a lot of times where i used to rent a car I don't anymore, and I take Uber Pool or Lyft Line to save money. And so you go on a bit of a circuitous route, you pick up and drop off other people, and it's just a way to save money 
and now my wife's going to really think I've gone off the deep end, that I'm going to do the thing where I'm walking to get to the cheaper transportation that Uber and Lyft offer. But hey, saving money, that's my thing. Carla's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Carla. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Carla. What's going on in your world? Well, I'm. my question is, I just recently purchased a house. My interest rate was 4.5%. That's fixed. Um, I had maybe made a mistake. I had an offer online about, call us back. We can reduce your mortgage. So I clicked on it. And now I'm getting 20 offers a day from all of these different companies. That was that was the the thing you clicked on is a what's known as a lead generation service, and I use yeah. the word service loosely. <laughs> and so what they do is, and it happens in a number of industries. What they're doing is, um, people mortgage salespeople are just dying looking for borrowers right now because mortgage rates have moved up a whole lot recently and so the business has evaporated from refis and so the people that are mortgage salespeople, their income is just collapsing because they just don't have a customer base right now so when you click on one of those teases about getting a lower rate uh, the the mortgage salespeople looking for customers are calling and calling and calling and emailing and whatever else, and you're just going to have to put up with the nuisance for a while. Sure. So at 4.5%, though, with rates moving up, you're not going to beat what you have right now. Okay. You've got, uh, we've got what's actually, in today's environment, a great deal. I mean, the only way you would get a deal is if you went to the other extreme and went to a 15-year loan from a 30. But if you just bought a home, odds are a 15-year loan monthly payment would not work at all in your budget. Well, actually, it might. That was kind of the segue. Is Would that be something that would be an option? So... Interestingly enough, the spread on uh, 15 year to 30 is about, oh, not quite three quarters of a point now. Okay. And with the rates having moved up a little bit, I don't know that you can make the numbers work to go with the cost of refining to go from that 30 to a 15. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So I I think that the four and a half you've got is a really decent rate. And, and, you know, I know you got friends who got mortgages in the last couple of years who say, four and a half, I mean, my loan is only at three point something percent. But it's all about when you take out a loan, what the rates are. Sure. Because through most of modern history, having a rate under 8%, was considered to be a great deal. Well, then I feel pretty lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, interest rates go in cycles. And if rates do at some point decline again, then you pounce on doing a refi into a 15 year loan. 
Sure. No, does it make any sense to pay an extra hundred bucks a month on your principal? Depends on what else is going on in your life. You know, my first priority for you is to make sure you're saving the maximum you're allowed to in retirement accounts. That I'm doing. You're already doing a full Roth and a full 401k? Yep, 20%. You're fantastic. All right, if you're doing all that, you have no other debts. If you want to prepay on that mortgage, go ahead. Wow. How are you doing all that? Carla, incredible. Scott's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Scott. Hello, Clark. How are you? Wonderful. Scott, you want to talk about your teenager? Yes. Uh, we have a 15-year-old, and she's looking to drive soon. So we would like to get some understanding of, of some things to consider uh, when getting insurance for her. Uh, obviously, we want to save some money. Um, so it seemed by just adding her to our current cars might be the cheapest, but we've also heard that it's possible to be sued uh, for more, uh, that we could be sued if she is in an accident in a car that's under our names. Even if a car was in her name as a minor, you were going to be hit with liability if there were an unfortunate accident that she was found liable for. You know, as your minor child living under your roof, you're going to be held responsible no matter what. So I got some some tough things to share with you. Do you know, overwhelmingly, um, 16-year-olds are not getting licenses anymore because of the insurance yeah, thing? Yeah, her friends, seem to, a lot of them aren't getting licenses. Right, because the parents find out what insurance costs are going to be and they just decide you know we can't do it and so the number of people i'm gonna be close on this stat but i think the number of 18 year olds who no longer have a driver's license is more than one in three because of the insurance costs okay so you can in order to make sure that your daughter continues to get experienced driving if she's willing to go without being a, um, a full operator of a vehicle in most states she can maintain learner's permit status and continue to drive with you as a passenger so she keeps getting experience but then you avoid the massive insurance expense that happens once she passes her full driver's test Okay. Now, so if cost wise, so cost wise, if we add another car, it, it, it'll it'll just be the cost of adding another car. It won't matter whether she's insured on it or insured on our cars currently, right? Depends on the the how insurance rates are set in your state. But as a general rule, if she is not uh, does not have a full license and only has a learner's permit, then whether you add another car or not, you're just paying the cost for that car. Now, if somebody with a learner's permit, with you sitting in the passenger seat, still has an accident, you have the liability risk. So that brings up a different question I wanted to address with you, Scott. And that's this. If you have a lot of assets, if you've done well financially, you got um, money in investments, you have a house, you have a lot of equity in, you might, you know, whatever else you have, 
then with a teenage driver, you should really consider getting what's known as an umbrella policy. And what an umbrella policy does, they're very inexpensive to buy, relatively speaking, and they start at a million dollars and go up. They cover you beyond what liability coverage does for your auto or your home in the event you were subject to a lawsuit being found at fault for something that happened that somebody comes after you for the umbrella policy that starts typically at like 200 and something a year for a million dollars and then goes up in smaller increments for each additional million you'd buy sits there to protect you from the unexpected okay and if you do decide to allow your daughter to proceed with getting a full driver's license know that not getting another car and just having her as an additional driver in the household almost always is cheaper okay you know in other words not having a car that she's the principal operator of yes even if it's a cheaper car older car right that they'll still add you know cost right and and again it's important to find out what the costs are in different scenarios I'm giving you a general guidance on that. Yes. So how's she Perfect. do? How's she doing as a driver? She's doing great. Yeah, so far. Uh, yeah, it's just I get a little nervous thinking about uh, letting her go on her own. But <laughs> so both of I will tell you, both of my daughters were awful drivers at uh, learner's permit stage, and then the first year of driving, and now they both become as age and experience have worked they both become much better drivers so it does get better from where it starts kimberly is with us on the clark howard show hi kimberly hey clark how are you wonderful kimberly how can i serve you this afternoon well i am kind of a document and paper hoarder oh no yes heal thyself I know. And so I'm trying to declutter my filing cabinets. And the main thing I'm concerned about is auto insurance policies and homeowners policies. How long do I have to keep those? As long as they are current and valid. Otherwise, you toss them. So only really the last year. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. All right. So what other papers are you hoarding? We got to <laughs> we got to talk this thing through and get paper out of your life. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have um, cable bills, cell phone bills. I'm just so afraid of letting go of any of that. Wow. So with with bills like that, routine utilities, Mm -hmm. you have um, made the last payment. You can get rid, and it's credited. You don't need that bill anymore. You only need the current one. Okay. Now, when you move, that's when you want the final bill and the payment showing for that final bill, those you keep for years to come. Okay. So that'll be paper you can hoard. But, okay. But any bills while you're living in a residence, and it's anything like a utility bill or a power bill, anything like that, once the prior payment's been credited, the ones prior can be tossed. So there's no reason yeah. if you had, let's say, let me give you an example that would be an exception. Let's say you're renting out a property that you have to provide utilities for. 
then because of the various things that would be put on a tax return, you want to keep records of what you're spending on something, you know, on the various things that would be expenses that you can offset revenue you're getting from renting a place out. But if it's just your own house, those records are irrelevant. Okay. What else you got? I'm, I'm going to get all well, this clutter out of your life. Well, mortgage papers, but I hold on to those like we've been in our home 20 years, and I'm just holding on to everyone every time we refinance just because. So it's a good idea to hold on to the records of when you have done a refi and the fact that a prior mortgage has been paid off, Mm -hmm. but the records of payments on that prior mortgage, those are not relevant anymore. Okay. Okay. All right. Give me something else you're hoarding. (laughs) I I feel like I need to come to your house with a camera with my TV crew. No, you will not get into my home. (laughs) All right. Okay. What else you got? Okay, department store bills. Oh, you definitely don't need those. But but I guess some of them are like when we bought furniture, and so I hold on to them thinking, I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, no so. reason to have those. Okay. When, okay. Once you've paid off something like that, that that's not necessary. Okay. See, it's just it's my hoarder instincts that I'm having a hard time with. Right. That's why I'm trying to help you with this. <laughs> So just keep attacking each area like it, and you'll find you don't really need the things you do. I have a checklist at Clark.com, but there are many people who have checklists uh-huh. of what papers to keep, what to toss. Okay. And and just when you, when you find yourself resisting purging the old papers, uh-huh. just look at one of these lists and say, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't need that. And get those things out of your life. You, does well, it make you did, feel better or am I making you feel anxious? No, no. You're making me feel good because I just got home from work and I have the shredder set up beside me. Great, great. You shred away. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 